0: Hello and welcome back to another episode of MCU Need to Know, a podcast dedicated to the Marvel Cinematic Universe and everything you need to know. I'm Trey. I'm Jude. How you doing, Trey? I'm doing fantastic because I'm a few days away from Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness and I'm pumped, man.
1: Yeah, I am... I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, this is the first movie in a long time that I'm not... That... And I don't know when I'm going to get to see it. Um, Mm -hmm. I think it's going to be within the first week. But, yeah, I just haven't been able to really secure a time. But I am pumped. I am excited.
0: Um, I know it's going to be hard because neither of us has seen it, so none of this can be spoilers. But... This feels like it's going to be one of those event movies that we, that seems to become the norm in the MCU now. So until you see it, it's just I'm going to be like very tight lipped wanting to discuss it. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: Well, I feel like I've seen spoilers without seeing spoilers.
0: Um, is it the is it the? spoilers without context that are never as clever as they think they are.
1: <laughs> no, actually, um it's it's like just scrolling through like Facebook or Twitter cuz you know, doing other things. And then it's like a headline saying like y- you know, the top this of that movie. And so the image doesn't give anything away, but the headline doesn't give a specific away, but it's enough that it's like, okay, so I can expect you know, so so it's not full on spoiler because it's kind of like from the trailer, I'm expecting like all kinds of stuff, you know? Um, and so so I just I'm
0: like, oh, that's not surprising. <laughs> it's the SEO equivalent of I'm not touching you that all these yeah, yeah. aggregates love to use. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, Nick Sandy messaged me earlier this week. He's like, dude, stay off YouTube. I just had everything spoiled for me. And I was like, Oh no, I'm wow. so sorry. And I got to speak to him and, uh, I can confirm it. And he was like, yeah, I, uh, I got it all spoiled.
1: <laughs> wow. So, you know, which is, it's again, it's weird. Cause like, I, I think this is a fair statement where it's like, even if I'm spoiled, that has so many different meanings when I, where I put
0: that pause. <laughs> 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 so, <laughs> Speaking of pauses. Eve? <laughs> go ahead. My favorite one you've done this season is whenever we were speaking to Leech and you go, "Well, you know, I'm the champion of more than 6 episodes for Disney Plus <laughs> and you held that pause for so long that it made me so happy." <laughs> <laughs> so
1: while well, I do not want to be spoiled on on, on the shows and the content and things, even if I get you know, find out about a spoiler, I feel like if it's good, I'm still gonna be sucked in. Mm-hmm. Like they, they will because I'm there to be sucked in. And so if they do if they do a good job, it doesn't matter, you know. Um, and, and there's almost of a small bit of excitement of like okay here it comes i've been waiting for it here it is here you know and and so i don't think it takes away one 100% I, it's just it's a different it's a different experience because it's that anticipation for for the moment and getting excited because it's coming versus the shock of not knowing
0: right and i think that's something like, especially with us being in this space now of our social media, not only the algorithms, but the people we follow because of the podcast, it's just going to happen. So like I've, oh, yeah. I've made peace oh, with yeah. it, but I still try to avoid it where possible. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, well, I, I think that's a good heads up for people. I think I'm going to do a quick solo reaction to it this weekend. Uh, after you see it, we'll probably circle back around and do a, a more uh, per the norm of this, this show quick reaction to it whenever we get to it so we'll probably have two episodes related to multiverse of madness coming up very soon yes but of course if you download this episode then you know we're going to be talking about season one episode six of moon knight titled gods and monsters so for the last time this season we're going to break this down into some pre-spoiler thoughts uh followed by an audio cue that'll take us into the spoiler zone before we get there jude what are your pre-spoiler thoughts for this episode
1: i'm going to double down uh, I think I think the finale curse was broken um, in terms of the obligatory, like, well, the obligatoriness of like we have to have a finale. And dare I say it's up there with a the Loki finale, which is the best one of wow. all the Disney Plus shows.
0: That's some high praise.
1: It's I'm I'm gonna think about it because I I get the recency <laughs> bias that comes around because it, it is like Loki's finale. If you look at just the finale episodes, that's the best one.
0: I agree with that. Uh,
1: but the, but the more I think about it, and just put the finale side by side, this one's that might be right there with it, almost better. I don't know. Whoa! It, it's it's. I I really I enjoyed it. I loved it.
0: So, I think that'll be uh, time for me to sneak in here. I'll I'll stick with my pre-spoiler thought where I said almost in contrast. This is the superhero landing. It's, it's, we've time, come- it's
1: time for for MCU to stop and shut it down. Like <laughs> he's outlived his usefulness. I think it was the text you sent me. No, Sorry, no. Super fan.
0: I- <laughs> uh, that's funny. The uh, I I <laughs> I said this is the superhero landing we've come to expect from the Disney Plus shows. The difference being that I think there are more character-driven moments related to things we've already been discussing this season that made it feel more in line with the story rather than it be the qualms we've had in other shows where it's like, all right, the story's done, let's fight. So Mm -hmm. I put it up there. I think to borrow your phrasing from Hawkeye, if WandaVision for me is 2A, I think Moon Knight will be 2B. Okay. So that's I think that's where it's falling for me. So Loki, WandaVision right under it moon night and then hawkeye
1: yeah yeah I, okay this is just a change of tune i mean from the the other text you sent me but okay
0: wait what other stuff
1: it's the whole like you like uh, clearly sony's taken over
0: everything the <laughs> this is an audio only podcast you can't beat those lines. <laughs> they can't see your grin on this video <laughs> uh,
1: no anyway. no no, no, but you're right. You're, you're definitely right on the, on that. Cause like, that's going to be really interesting. Cause so even we're as good as Loki was, and I know we're still pre spoiler thoughts, but I'm, I'm doing this to kind of situate Moon Knight. WandaVision was my favorite mm-hmm. because of just the concept and the conceptual and how creative it was as a start to finish complete package. Hawkeye became my, my favorite. Right, and we had that that one A one B discussion, but Moon Knight. It, I, I like that we can have the JB wrap up episode next week because it'll give me some more time to think about this. Because Moon Knight is like right up there. I'm like you said in that conversation. You know, um it, it's it's not a clear. I don't want to say step down, but it's not well. Okay, let's just be honest. Falcon and Winter Soldier, as much as I enjoyed it, it's not in this conversation. Yeah, and Moon Knight is
0: mm-hmm. so for sure. I think the, all my qualms come back to to harken back to the the, the champion bit. If Disney Plus doesn't move past six episodes for the Marvel series, they are severely limiting how high these shows can reach. Uh, that right. that's my only complaint. Is that as much as I did enjoy the finale the pace at which things happen in this one was almost like shell shocked compared for the other episodes this season.
1: Yeah. Well, which makes me really, really interested in She-Hulk. Because we are supposed to get more episodes.
0: More episodes, shorter runtime, I think.
1: Right. Right. So the, so it'll be the same length, but the shorter the sh- you know, the shorter runtime. So you get the more episodes. Uh, similar to to WandaVision, right? Like where you got, you know so I'm I'm curious of what that what that's going to do to it.
0: Yeah. Well, cool. I think that might wrap up our pre-spoiler thought. So, like I said, you're going to hear an audio cue, and on the other side, it'll be fair game for all spoilers in the MCU. I guess it's important to note this now, not including Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. That one has now been exempt in the spoiler zone and will not be out of the exemption until a week after it lands on Disney+. So you're safe to listen moving forward, especially because we haven't seen it. All right. See you
1: Right now for you, if you're a new Lister, a couple of months from now.
0: That too. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Jude, who remains. We'll see you (laughs) on the other side. And we're back. So, the way we're going to handle this is we're going to break this down into the four most important topics of this episode, starting with the Egyptian superhero, reunions, gods and monsters, and later's gators. Now, before I throw to you, Jude, I do want to say this. I texted you immediately after finishing the episode. In the history of this show, I don't think anyone has ever been as correct as Leach whenever she guested on the episode and we were speculating about what could possibly be happening. And she goes, it's probably going to be some amalgamation of everything we've said and something we haven't even thought about yet. And in this episode, I feel like we all had just a nugget of truth. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I just wanted to I wanted to put that on the record.
1: The writer's room was clearly scouring, you know, Reddit forums for that episode. And just like, oh, I'm going to do a little <laughs> bit of everything. Is that right? Reddit forums? Anyway. S-
0: subreddits, but it's fine. Listen, I don't I don't wanna get into another four page paragraph of why you hate Reddit.
1: (laughs) So Well it's like it's like it's like no, it's a subreddit. It's not a forum. It's like okay, come on Starbucks, it's a coffee. Like why why do you want me to you know eventually Starbucks is like bought in, like you can just order a large or medium and they don't chastise you for it. But not Reddit users, no, it's a subreddit. Not a forum. Okay.
0: <laughs> what? I just love how upset you get at Reddit just, just saying anyways <laughs> so like I said we're going to start with the Egyptian superhero. This section is going to be for us to detail all the scenes that involve Layla as she is trying to put a stop to Haro on her own, uh, refusing to wear it for the avatar status, as well as the super cool reveal of her hero costume. So starting with you, Jude, where would you like to start within this section?
1: I had mixed feelings when she became the avatar because uh, there was... And maybe there was just some confusion on my part, right? Because because I, I really really loved because the obvious choice is like or what? Well, well let me change it back. The, the the quote unquote stereotypical cho- choice of a show like this is yes, I'll be your avatar because we got to to fight, you know. And Layla's like, no, I'm not doing that. Do it on my own, you, you know. Which which I loved. I, I loved. That sense of like, no, I got this. I can do this. And not because it's like a, like I'm strong enough. It, it, it was, a, it was a sense of agency thing. Right. It was, you know, I am going, I, I get to make my own choice and be proactive in that. And so I loved that. And so, th- so later when she did have to become Avatar, See, every time I say that, I think of Aang. But, <laughs> become the av- the, bec- you know, to, to become that Avatar, it was like, okay, she she did, she did still choose it. So she didn't lose that sense of agency, but she didn't really have a choice either because she was completely outmatched without it. You, you, you know what I mean? And, and so I had this weird conflicting there because I loved it. But there was an element is like, I, uh, I I couldn't. I didn't know how I felt if they if they like undid that choice earlier to say no.
0: I because I did like at least how they paired Khonshu is also in the mix because we have Tarwerit is the first one to say like, hey, you know, you I, you can be my avatar and we can work together to do this. It's like, no, I, I'm going to stop her on my own. And then once she frees Khonshu, he's offering the same the same status, but she turns it down once again. I can see where it feels like it does undo that choice, but I think it's because it's on Layla's terms because she's she's detailing it with Tarwebret, which is like, this is temporary. This is just to finish this and then we're done. Whereas Konshu was going to, you know, as far as we know, it was going to be forever because he doesn't have a lot of wiggle room when it comes to Mark Spector. Uh, no. So I'm glad Layla at least stood up to him. And I think... The importance of them contrasting Khonshu here as we see how, or at least we get confirmation of the way he manipulated Mark. Because we talked about it last week with the like, you know, he's burying the lead with protectors of the travelers of the night. Oh, but you're actually just going to go out and kill these people for me. Again, here, when he's speaking with Layla, he's trying to guilt her in it by saying like, oh, Mark died because he was in crisis over you. I mean, though that's not true. It was the crisis of the inability to accept the truth of, of the trauma and his mother. So right there, Khonshu is caught in a lie. And nobody within the show knows it, but it's Layla's character that holds true against his manipulation. So we still got the success of being her choice and on her terms when it comes to Tal Rivet.
1: Right. No, and I think that's good. Like, and that's what I mean. Like, I didn't dislike I, as much as pre-spoiler. I... It, Prior to the spoiler zone, like I praising this. But that, there was that element of like, it was it was just a fine needle of thread. But I like the I like the terms you put it on. It was like she it was it was on her terms.
0: I will say, Taweret's gotta learn to keep their cool, because they almost put Layla in danger there because she was like perfect, like hidden. She got the uh the Ushapti, she broke it, she was putting things in motion, and then finally, whenever she starts to be like, okay. Uh she comes back and screams Layla like so loud. <laughs> <laughs> it just gave away her position. <laughs> That that made me laugh, and I don't know if that was intentional, but that was that was really funny to me. Oh, it had to be intentional because because
1: I mean we said it uh, that other episode, right? It was just that that personality, the Leslie Leslie Nope of Egyptian gods, right? Like just, just <laughs> so excited, and you know, and oh, uh, hold on, hold on, let me let me let me get my binder out and and <laughs> and flip through the pages. Um, yeah,
0: which kudos to May Kalamawi, because she. Everybody's talked so much this season about Oscar Isaac, of jumping between the identities. She does it here, where she's, of course, the Layla uh, character, and then she's supposed to be embodying the voice of Tawerit. and as they jump back and forth between the being the pain of being the voice of a god, and then the god being all happy and, and, and expressive in their motions, I thought that was a pretty fluid jump back and forth.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. It was really impressive. I mean, well first just across the board, I'm going to say this and then put a pin in it till next week, but just, just across the board, Isaac, Ethan Hawke, Donna, like, like, um, like just across the board, it was so well done and so believable.
0: Yeah. uh, Is it Abram F. Murray, the voice of Khonshu as well?
1: Mm -hmm. No, flip that F. F. Murray, Abram, I believe.
0: Yeah, I really think it would be fun at some point in the list of all the episode ideas we have to evaluate the shows as a whole of the cast, like just evaluate like the cast performances themselves, because Moon Knight for sure has got to be up there. I think I think you made a good point about how across the board solid as heck. Yeah, man, it'd be fun.
1: I Like immediately you say that and I'm just thinking about WandaVision. Mm hmm. Okay. Table that because yeah
0: it would be fun and it's not to disparage any of the talent it's like you know forced to choose which which shows had the most stacked cast
1: yeah well and I don't even know if I'd say stacked in terms of because so far I'd say this might have been the most stacked in terms of name recognition
0: mm-hmm. well I meant performances wise maybe stacked but, but that's that but that's,
1: that's what I mean like in terms of like just complete performance had us bought in because this one yeah okay that's tough okay.
0: <laughs> we'll put a pin in it and we'll come back to it one of the most important things we need to get to in this first section though is after Layla's been going around trying to put a stop to Haro had the meeting with Kanshu, was rejecting wear it at first she eventually decides on her terms to do it and we have a very cool revelation of her costume suit up scene what'd you think of that reveal?
1: <laughs> my first thought was She-Ra Oh, From okay. He-Man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I know others who said to me later, like the Wonder Woman 84, because of the, the wings and the gull. But yeah, because of the y, I thought She-Ra. It, it made me immediately think of, like, He-Man and um, I don't know why. Uh, but yeah, yeah,
0: I loved it, though. I remember, because, like, it's coming down the pike. You can see it. They're alluding to it. And she comes through the rubble and I was like, okay, that's a really cool suit. I like that. And she starts to reach behind her. It's like, oh, okay, cool. I guess she's got swords. When the wings popped out, I was like, oh, man. That went from, like, a cool costume to one of the best costumes in oh, yeah. one, fe- one fell swoop. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Like, and it was... That's the other thing. Ta- you know, episode ideas. Let's just talk about the suits and the costumes. <laughs> uh, because that one it was just so, like... It was so good in terms of like superhero, but it had that kind of a Egyptian ancient feel, you know, but it also felt or looked practical, you, you know, and so, and so it just really hit the mark.
0: Yeah, I, th- I think the practicality of it helps it a lot. Uh, especially because unfortunately I think some of the Moon Knight sequences did not look great costume wise. Like it just didn't look finished. So in contrast, Layla's costume, which I believe, I think they're on, on social media, they're calling her the Scarlet Scarab. Yes. That suit looked phenomenal for sure. Of course, we do have some fight sequences of hers to get into, but we're going to put a pin in that. We're going to come back to it and group the fight sequences in a later most important topic. But I think unless there's any more, we can go ahead and move into the next most important topic. This one is reunions. So within this episode, we have a lot of characters getting back together for the first time in this season. So we have Amit. And Khonshu, as they discuss their ideologies, we have Haro and Amit getting together once again, as well as Mark and Steven reconciling after last week's episode. So starting with me this time, I'm going to start with Mark and Steven, because I think so much of my enjoyment of this episode is off the back of that scene, where we see... Mark has gotten everything he wants. He's finally got peace. He's made it into paradise, the field of reeds, and he decides to leave it to go be with Steven because after everything they've been through, so much of this season has been them at odds and not accepting each other. They accepted each other in the last minutes last week, and because of that, that is what propels them forward through this episode, and we see it later on in the action sequence how much that is the reward of the work that's put into this scene. So Mark and Steven having that very tearful moment where Mark is like, you know, you you are you saved me and I wasn't able to protect you and I'm sorry. The fact that we know the guilt of him not being able to protect his younger brother, maybe some sort of projections into what Steven's relationship is to him, finally being able to to forgive himself for that, I think was a very powerful moment. So I I really enjoyed that scene.
1: Yeah, I think that if Stephen wasn't, I mean, well, let's put it this way. I'm going to go back to to Oscar Isaac's performance because if Stephen wasn't such a lovable character, that wouldn't have worked, you know. And and the only reason why I say that is because there is an element of God that was such a tough needle to thread, right? Because there's there's the whole like we fall as an audience in love with Stephen. So you really feel that if he's gone, but that is the identity. That's the dissociative identity to protect himself from the horrific trauma. And so th- there's also a moment of healing to so we can for Mark. So we can say, Steven goes away and, it, it, and so you have to, so it's like they're walking this fine line of like, yeah, you're healed from this trauma, but there's this recognition of not letting go of, of Steven, by, by Mark's part, that I think still has to come across as healthy. Otherwise, that balance and growth of the, of the character doesn't make sense. And, and that's why I say that was, felt like a really hard needle to thread. And I think, you know, just shows how well-crafted Isaac's performance was of those two characters.
0: 100%. Because last week you were right that if we're following this, this story of Mark and he's finally made, to borrow your word, your, your phrasing healing, like he understands why this identity was originated and he understands that he may or may not need it anymore. It would make sense that we wouldn't see Stephen again. Right. But selfishly, I'll, speaking for me, selfishly, I'm glad he's back. And I think they did, they, they did find a way to, to work that in.
1: Yeah. Well, and I, and I think recently in an interview, Oscar Isaac said he enjoyed Steven in terms of like which one he played more than he did Mark.
0: That feels right, because I remember whenever we asked this question about No Way Home of who was the best Spider-Man in that movie. And we, we, we were kind of twisted in knots, but we talked about it's clear Andrew Garfield was the one having the most fun. Yes, Oscar Isaac seemed like he was having the most fun with Steven.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. That's a good way and to put it.
0: Just by nature of the character, it's it's hard not to, to have fun with him. Mm-hmm. Which I think, like, I can lead this into to one of the other reunions we have is when Steven and Mark are now unified in their goals, they are negotiating with Konshu. I wasn't expecting Steven to be so confident in the Moon Knight status with his suit, Mr. Knight and sitting there negotiating with Kanchu, like the calmness at which he's like, oh, you silly old bird, and he puts his leg up over his other mm-hmm. leg and is just trying to make sure that when they're done, they're free. Yeah. Oh, man. I'm I'm so glad Stephen's back.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Like it's, don't know how do I put it. It, just, it? And it's interesting because the way they showed them, them, meaning Mark and Stephen, switch out seamlessly, you know, the, so, you know the, that that carried through the theme of yes, they truly are balanced, um, in in that in that way, um, and you know, and, and so again, it's a show. Don't expect them to show dissociative identity disorder as accurate, and you know, as far as I understand dissociative identity disorder, the word accurate is not a proper word to use, uh, because even experts won't. Like the, the DSM-5, right, uh, the, the the manual with all the different diagnoses and descriptions, it's in there. But to get an actual – as I understand it, to get an actual diagnosis, what it is, what it looks like, the differences between that and say like borderline personality disorder or disassociative um, – uh, oh, there's another one uh, – with a disassociation. But experts disagree. <laughs> you know, so even to say accurate is is kind of not right, but for what they were doing in the show, this was, it worked so well.
0: Especially the way, like, all season we saw how much it's been clever ways to make the switch. It's either, mm-hmm. well, I say clever, but it's, sometimes it's as, as blunt as just a blackout come back to, mm-hmm. or we see the reflections in some sort of reflective surface, and then that's when they're able to make the switch. But the way the camera is able to have Moon Knight there, it pans up to Khonshu as he's speaking, and it comes back down, and now it, it's, it's Mr. Knight, or maybe the reverse of that. I thought that was all well done, because they mask the, for lack of a better way of putting it, the nanotech of iron man suit the way that had that materializes on them they don't have to do that every time between mr knight and moon knight and the ease at which they do that speaks both to their newfound teamwork as well as just clever ways of getting us in and out quickly
1: yeah yeah well in in what they did with mark steven and conchu i need to i need to watch this whole series again start to finish and just like pause and take notes and spend like a month doing this, because like what like what they did with them, those three characters in terms of what we bring up a lot is the hero's journey or the story circle. In a very classic hero's journey, you have the magician slash mentor role, right? Uh, magician, if you're using the Carl Young terms, mentor, if you're using the Joseph Campbell you know, um, hero's journey. Uh, but in terms of like archetype, they're, they're doing the same thing, but it's, it's so interesting because like, there's a lot of ambiguity in terms of like, Conchu kind of has a little bit of that mentor magician sets you on a journey role, but so does Mark for Steven and Steven for Mark. And, 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 and part of that hero's journey and story circle is you have to take what the mentor has given you and return with it right and and in that it, you know and and you and you see that happen between the three of them but aside from conju Mark and Steven are like the the mentor is the same physical body <laughs> you know um the mentee but and and well that well that's what I'm saying like the mentor like I guess I'm trying to say like in a way, Stephen is Mark's mentor and gotcha, gotcha, is, gotcha, gotcha. is Stephen's mentor. So it's like the same physical body and, 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 and that balancing of, of Mark taking and using Stephen and, and stuff. And, and so it just, it was a really clever way to adapt that and, and use the, the DIT to kind of. It's like that self-mentorship, you know, like, like you could always have done it. It's within you kind of this realization, so to speak.
0: That's an interesting way to look at it. I've never thought about them both being the mentor mentee within the same physical body, but two distinct identities. That'd be, that'd be a fun thing to keep in mind in a rewatch.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh. So, so let's pause the pod. I'm going to go watch it. I'll see you in about six hours. Sounds um, good. All right. And we're back. Okay, magic of <laughs> editing. Um,
0: <laughs> so, did you learn anything new?
1: Um, popcorns and beer doesn't go well together. That's <laughs> that's 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 what I've learned. Um, oh, no, not really. have I've I've known that for a long time. <laughs> well. I feel Uh, a little bit more free when it's just the two of us to kinda I know. (laughs) So I'm just I'm leaning into not to
0: not to disparage the guest it's just like I don't think the guests realize how much we cut up when it's just us. We're so, no, nah, I don't want to say professional because we still do get silly at times, but we're, there's the, the, the reigns have been released a little bit. Right. Well, well, it's the
1: conscious, and, and we talk about it a lot off pod, the two of us about, um, having the guest and making, you know, they're on for a reason. We want to hear what they have to say. So we're going to make that space, you know, to, for, for them to, to speak. So we end up reigning ourselves in a little bit. And that,
0: that's funny. Well, you know what? Speaking of the space to speak, I think one of the other ones we can get into in this reunion section is Haro finally gets everything he wanted and frees Amit. I know I personally found it pretty funny that so much of this season has been about the dedication of Haro and the, the links that which he goes to live to this rigid belief of the scales. <laughs> Amit's free, and it's like, well, I lived within the rigidity and got locked for 2,000 years. So even though you are unbalanced, I'm still going to let you be my avatar. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because it serves me this time. <laughs> right. Right.
1: I... <sighs> what I find so funny about that is the, the premise of Amit is, I know you're going to do bad, Right so we're going to stop you and so there's no belief in redemption and until that moment for that one person <laughs> you know and it's just like what
0: mhm but I, I don't think it's like it doesn't make the show bad i think it just points out the hip- hypocrisy of of amit which is fine and i'm speaking right. purely of the the MCU show not getting into he not getting into any of the historical texts whatsoever. And so it works. It's just, it's very funny. And I think there is some contrast here because Amit is apparently disciplined in these principles, but ends up breaking. And she has a bit of, I'm doing this for the greater good. But on the flip side, Khonshu is a jerk, man. Like he's constantly referring to everybody as worms or I'm trying to stop you from making this terrible thing happen. But at the same time, he's so manipulative. So like you have kanshu being the quote unquote good guy while being the the most ruthless verbally, if that makes right. sense. Whereas mm-hmm. Amit is saying the nice things, but the actions are the ruthless part. So, there's something there. I just, I would, it's speaking of rewatches, that's something that I would need to go back and pay a little bit more attention to now that we have the whole puzzle.
1: Yeah. Well, you know what? It's interesting. I was trying to think, would this have been satisfying? And, okay. So, the rules of the show, I don't know if they could have made it work, but they, but they, actually, no, I think they could have made it work. I I think if that religious fanaticism, if they would have leaned into that just a little bit more, like clearly it was there, right? Like They started running up, and and the idea that just because they had the tattoo, they also had the power to judge, which is was interesting. But I don't think I would have been unsatisfied with this, and it would have been really shocking. I wouldn't have minded seeing them to be consistent and have Amit do away with Haro, right? Right then, and that would have been shocking, but I don't think it would have been unsatisfying of like, oh, I didn't get to see this final showdown. Because now it's Amit, and I would say Amit from the other followers who are worthy, it's, um, it's almost like the end of Iron Man 3 in reverse, where Tony Stark was jumping in at all those different suits, and you're seeing Amit jump in and out of all the different followers as avatars.
0: I think I'm, I'm on that limb with you, because one of the things we talked about in previous episodes is what makes Haro so f- intimidating is the, the depth of the belief. And in this revelation... He was like, I thought my, you know, my work would be pennants and the, my scales would balance, but I see that's wrong. I accept my fate. It would have been like, oh wow, it would, it would be. I think it would continue on that line of intimidation of like, haro has gone, but the idea still lives. Oh yeah, and that would that would be horrifying. Mm-hmm. But in terms of stuff we'll get into later, I feel like they were locked into having to need Haro around. Specifically that scene where Mark and Steven are back in the, the psych ward. I feel like just thematically they need to keep Haro around. But I, I can see your point of like, yeah, I think it would still be satisfying if Amit decides to do away with Haro there.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I, I think so. I, I, I kind of wonder if that was ever in, in the development process an option.
0: Mm. Yeah. That oh I never I keep I always forget until right after the finale of like oh we might get an assembled documentary on this. Yeah. <laughs> not that I not that I don't know if they'd go into that level of of minutia but it would be interesting to see what what discussions were had in the writing room for this.
1: Yeah. Yeah, cuz and cuz that that would have been Yeah, I don't think I would have saw that as unsatisfying. Um and I I'm, I'm going to say this to go back to my point of where it broke the curse of the obligatory fight is it, it really, I mean, for me, it didn't feel like we had the fight cause we had to have it cause it was the show. And, and I think that if, if they would have killed off Haro, that would have even upped the stakes even more in terms of the intensity of the fight.
0: It feels like we're getting ready to move into the next section, which we do have for all the fight sequences. But I do want to take some time to detail how much I loved Amit's character design. Uh, They referred to her as the weird crocodile lady earlier in the season. But man, actually coming to fruition, I thought she looked great. Not necessarily meshing well with the realism of live action and the CGI character, but on a pure aesthetic of the model, I thought Amit looked really, really cool.
1: Oh yeah, 100%. You know what? I, I was really impressed with the animation of Amit and um, Khonshu at, in this end. I, I think there's some, there's some things visually, you know, CGI-wise, where it's like, okay, that felt like a little, like, okay, you ran out of money.
0: A little undercut. Um,
1: <laughs> but I don't think, I, I, don't th- I didn't feel that way with Amit and um, Khonshu in this last episode.
0: I think it's not, it's more seamless when it's two CGI characters, mm-hmm. that it's, it's it's not as easy to draw comparisons, but whenever Amit's interacting with Haro, that's where it starts to feel like, okay, like, yeah, it feels a little off. I think the one that stood out to me the most is after... Mark and Steven accept Khonshu again because they go through that entire flashback sequence of like, do you swear to protect the travelers of the night kind of thing when he's suiting up again, that to me, that's what looked undercooked. Um, so there, there's, it's a little bit, I like the way you put it ran out of money budget wise in some sections, but as far as conshu and Amit together, I, I can see that holding up a little bit.
1: Yeah. Yeah. To me that held up really well. In fact, I'm just going to take us into see the gods and monsters because one of the thing I was most impressed about with that whole sequence was how the, the fight between Amit and Khonshu mirrored the fight between Moon Knight and Haro and, and like who was winning. And, and so you could see truly like this battling out of the gods through humanity, you know, and it, it, and with the CGI in that sequence, I mean, because there was so much CGI in there, I, I never looked at that and thought, "Oh, that looks bad." Like I, I, I was with it the whole way through.
0: Yeah, because I talked about whenever it was two CGI characters up against each other, like that worked. It was the trying to mesh CGI and live action. The, the shot that worked the best for me is when Kenshiro and Ahmet are just giant sized and they're fighting oh, yeah. in the background and then the camera keeps moving and you see Haro coming into frame that shot looked incredible oh like yeah that that stuff like that really worked for me some some of the ones where it started to fall apart is as much as i love the the framing of the shot where Uh, moon knight has like flown in at mock speed (laughs) through the night sky and he lands on the pyramid and the camera tilts and they're running at each other down the the pyramid Mm -hmm. that kind of felt a little weird, but the framing of it was cool enough that I was like, okay, this is, I'm, I'm, this is indulgent, but I'm, I'm loving it.
1: Yeah. Like I, I am with you. Like I can see where it's like, okay, you could have touched it up a little, (laughs) <laughs> uh, but it, it didn't stick out to me, you know? So like in that first episode of the entire season, when the water, because the, the sink is broken to me, that, that spilling over water from the broken sink was obviously CGI. And like, I could just tell immediately. And, and because I could tell immediately, it was like, okay, I was just lost that sense of our suspension of disbelief. Right. Where I, I, even in that, I didn't get that, you know, it didn't, it didn't take me out. It's
0: it's forgivable. Yeah. Oh yeah. Forgivable is a great word. Yeah. And there's a part of it, like we're what, f- six, five series deep into mm-hmm. Disney plus territory. Now you, you see where the, the ceiling is sometimes when it comes to the, the mm-hmm. limitations of it being a show. And I'm, I'm much more comfortable with that than, than in previous times. Yeah. Um, but sticking with the fight sequence, one of the ones that I wanted to highlight, we talked about putting a pin in it, is with Layla, the the Scarlet Scarab. Her sequence, I thought, was really, really sweet because the way they incorporate the wings of her suit, very Falcon-esque. But I love that they devoted time for her saving the people on the bus. And then they had that little girl who's like, are you an Egyptian superhero? And she just simply says, I am. And the fight continues. I thought that was super sweet. And it, I, I, there's been articles where Mohamed Dayab has talked about how important it was to set up the first Egyptian superhero for him. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad that they got to have that integrated in, into this fight sequence. Yeah.
1: Well, it, okay. And that's the other thing is it, it, they did it in such a way that it was clearly like, hey, audience, if, if you don't realize, we have some representation going on right here. Right? <laughs> like, like, this is important. But it wasn't – gratuitous might be the word I'm looking for. Like it wasn't – it wasn't so like I'm going to hit you over the head with it. Like it worked. It fit. It felt – you know what I mean?
0: It's a, it's a nice declaration statement Okay, in the, in the paragraph of this season.
1: Okay. Yeah, because it's just – I mean, you know, like there was the complaints about in game on some things where it was like, oh, you just did this because you had to. And it was just like – that doesn't mean it wasn't a cool moment. You know, whereas for me, it was like, yeah, this was a cool moment. You should call it out because it it's 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 worth it. But it it didn't feel that way to me, if that makes sense.
0: I think what helps it a lot, at least for me, is the inspirational nature of it. Having that having it through the eyes of that young girl, Mm -hmm. I think, is what sells it. Because as much as I mean, we're both grown men. We love the superhero stuff. The heart of superhero shows is the inspiration and I think that's what it Marvel's good at capturing it from all audiences of bringing that inspiration in. And so to have that specialness of that moment in this finale was really cool.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, and especially I'm trying to think, okay, so have we had that? I mean, in black widow, they kind of point out black widow of like, like, Hey, you're still a killer. You know what I mean? They they had that Yelena Natasha like I, I'm, you know, yeah, kids look up to you, but you're a killer, you know, kind of moment. Um, you didn't ever have that moment with Kate Bishop because Kate Bishop was doing that with my Clint Barton, you know, that um couldn't have that moment with Scarlet Witch really in WandaVision. Um yeah, like Tiona Paris, not really. They didn't have that kind of moment with Captain Marvel. Of just like a clear recognition of
0: inspiration, yeah. Captain Marvel, I would push back in the Monica Rambeau. Young Monica Rambeau was very much inspired by okay Captain Marvel. Okay, We're, I'm trying to think of the other ones you listed. The well, other
1: ones, well, I'm going to push back on that one. But go ahead, take about you. You go first.
0: The other ones listed, I, I obviously superheroes are much in broad daylight, but they're not as public bound if that makes sense like yelena works in the shadows scarlet witch until very recently was very much not as public until unfortunately she is (laughs) in both cases of yeah uh, of lagos was it yeah and then uh, uh westview so yeah but as far as like captain marvel i think that they're a little bit more public facing but they had that interaction with monica rambeau that which inspired them
1: yeah yeah and the only the the pushback i would have on monica and captain marvel from the first movie would be there was a prior well two things there was a prior relationship you know um of knowing her when she was younger and so like that was already there they in other words they weren't strangers you know um and then depending on your reading of the film altogether um there was a lot closer of a relationship of them three than that was implied, rather than being explicit. If if that makes sense, um, yeah, and and so that's why you know I'd also push back on that of not that it wasn't inspiration, but 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 to have it, it was it was a different dynamic than what you get in Moon Knight.
0: Well, I mean, sticking with my my phrasing, it was the public inspiration, like yeah. through the eyes of 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 the public, and so. I, I see what you mean in on that regard. So yeah, I, I it would be fun to go back and re-examine a lot of the public's relationship with with the superheroes because you have the most important ones like Civil War, where it's brought up front and center. But these little moments, like in the "Are You the Egyptian Superhero?" or Hawkeye, was plenty of them. It would be fun to to figure out something to do episode wise with that.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So. Sticking within this section of Gods and Monsters, a lot of the action sequences, I am thrilled. Again, I I talked about in the reunion section, the reason this episode worked so much for me is they imbued the lessons of Mark and Steven working together in the action so it felt like the cap on the story they were telling. Having them jump back and forth between Moon Knight and Mr. Knight so seamlessly and on Steven's part so confidently was really rewarding in this episode. That scene where Steven is fighting and he takes that moment to like flick his jacket and dust off the shoulders. Yeah. Dang, man. Yeah. What a, what a turn from Steven since episode one to now.
1: Yeah. Well, and the one where he th- the he threw like his stick, but Mr. Knight and Moon Knight caught it. That was like, you know, my first thought was like, whoa, did that? Was that a jump cut? Was that a bad edit? I was like, no, that was just a, a good visual way of showing how synergetic they are. How is that a word? Um, Cohesive. How, see, look at you. <laughs> Trey, the thesaurus. <laughs> <laughs>
0: My favorite part was you were doing your little hand mesh and you got mad and threw your hand, not mad, but you like <laughs> threw your hands down. <laughs> Look at you.
1: <laughs> so um, now here is uh, one of the things I loved about the fight. The resolution, I felt so conflicted.
0: The resolution being binding Amit to Haro, or- No. Or... The violent blackout.
1: Yeah, where they they ended up winning because Jake took over, and we didn't see it. But it's like it's like wait a minute, the people were supposed to be cheering on wins, air quotes, <laughs> but it's because of the violent psychopath we've yet to meet at this point of the episode, but we all know exists, and so it's like it's hard to feel like like, wait a minute. I I don't, I felt so conflicted there.
0: I think this is where it was clear as day for me. The adherence to six hours really hurts the show because up until this point, it's like, yeah, you know, I'm liking this. This is fine. Whenever he blacks out, Haro's incapacitated. The cameras panning around him is like, I'm assuming that wasn't you. And Steven's like, nope. And then it pans over to Layla. And it's like, Mark, what happened? And he goes, I blacked out. It really felt like they were building up to this meeting of we were finally gonna unveil Jake Lockley. And then it's like, oh, that was weird. I know how to finish this. And so they just went and in back into the pyramid and they bound yeah. Haro to to Amit. I think this show has a, a a problem in the way they worked in the third identity, but the third identity Identity was relegated to a post-credit seat, mm-hmm. like it's like they both wanted to acknowledge it, but didn't really want to incorporate it into the story they were telling. Right down to the way how everybody in our Discord, that's been a conflict of like, okay, well, how are the scales balanced if Jake Lockley was in there this whole time? And th- there's been some fun discussions back and forth of yeah. how that could logically yeah. make sense. Well, it, it does. But well,
1: beca- I would say that it does logically make sense. But go ahead.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm on that same camp too because to me, I read it as. It's not balancing of the personalities; it's the balancing of the acceptance of each other. And if they don't know the other one's there, then yes. there's no need for that to balance. Right. However, it's conf- from a, a storytelling's perspective, it's very muddied in what they're trying to do by wanting to both introduce this mysterious identity, but not really pay it off in any regard other than setting up for potential storylines. But there's no confirmation that we're going to get a season two, which I would be fine with if they didn't hammer so much of this is a limited series. This is its own thing. Who knows when these characters are going to pop up again kind of thing.
1: Right. Well, and, and that's the thing though. We know from the show in show, we know from the show, Steven is the creation of Mark. And if neither one of them know about Jake, there's that question still looming I'm assuming Steven can't create another person. So it has to be a creation of Mark. Maybe
0: that tracks for me.
1: I mean, it tracks, but it's like, what was that? A creation of Mark, another dissociation while being country's fist of vengeance. Was it how he, you know, we, 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 we see, we joked about with, with slushy about being, you know, in the military, going AWOL, and what if Steven showed up? Like, you could, well, it might it logically tracks of like, okay, so Steven can't create, only Mark can. But it could track that if, also to say, Steven is completely another identity. And if he shows up in one of those situations, another identity shows up without realizing it. And so that's why Mark doesn't know. Steven doesn't know. You you know what I mean? Like they could write a story that way. And that's why I say it makes sense that the balance is between the two of them because they only, like you said, know each other. Um, But I agree with you in the sense of it's dare I say the power broker?
0: Yes, I I think that's actually a great one to one because both power broker and this uh, third identity. I'll just say Jake. I don't know why I'm trying to keep it a a secret anymore. Uh, The Power Broker and Jake are both referred to within their series. Yeah. Indirectly in Jake's case, directly in the Power Broker's case. And the resolution is, or not necessarily the resolution, but the meat of their story is in the post-credit of Mm -hmm. the season. Yeah. Kind of thing. Yeah. So I'm thinking it's been a while since Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I'm pulling back just a little bit because Power Broker does get the scene with Carly at the end, but yeah, I, I think it's there. I think you're 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 correct in referring to it as the power broker situation. Yeah,
1: because uh, because we all know it's Jake moving in. It's just a matter of when. I don't think that it was as unsatisfying as the power broker, though. I think it did. I think you're right. It kind of, not kind of. I think it muddied the story. Mm-hmm. I think you're right on that part but in terms, I don't think it made the, the series unsatisfying in the same way as what they did with the Power
0: Broker. Yes. Yeah, I can agree to that for sure.
1: Now, you're also right in, 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 in when we think about Power Broker as well because we don't know when the Power Broker is going to show up again.
0: hmm Oh, that's what I wanted to, to clarify because I, I've talked about it before. I don't know if it's been in tags or where it's uh, popped up, but I've, I've mentioned I'm not as limited to limited series as much as everybody seems to be like, oh, okay, this is it. We're never going to get Moon Knight again. I know we're most likely going to get more Moon Knight, but it's, it's structurally when you go into developing a show, it's weird to have that hooks for something more when your goal is that, oh no, this is going to be its own kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So the fact that that doesn't pay off within the show itself is, is the thing that is weird to me.
1: Yeah. So to go along with that, you know, so you, me, so interesting. We have a lot of group text. Um, we, I sent a, a message to you and JB, the three of us, um, that I seen it. Um, and then out of spoil, you know, JB said he saw it. Out of spoilers for you, we went, you know, to, to our own text. I said, I liked it. This is me to JB. I liked it. Uh, as far as finales go, I think they did a really good job. And notice this is then like, the same day I saw it, like within, like within an hour of seeing it. Um, so I hadn't first impressions, hadn't really seen it yet. I said, it makes me wonder if some point, if at some point they decided to go from one to two seasons and made some different editing choices. And his response was, I think th- I, I was thinking the same thing. It felt reshuffled. And it's interesting because like the intag, I think felt like an actual intag. But it does, just all that to say, it does make me wonder if there was a reshuffling, Jake was going to show up, and as a commitment of switching, you know, that there there's some stuff of Jake that got shuffled out.
0: You know what, let's go ahead and move into the last most important topic, which is Later's Gators, where we can discuss in a moment Mark and Steven finally being free of Konshu waking up in the psych ward, getting done with that, and then going back to their home and the show ends. Specifically, we're now in the post credit scene of the Jake Lockley reveal after he's picked up Haro and is in the limo with Konshu. You know, earlier you were talking about how we joked with Slushy about the fugue state and being Steven and how it could potentially now be Jake. I think it almost has to be something that Khonshu knew about because in that post-credit scene we reveal like oh mark he truly thought that i was after layla why would i need anyone else he is everything i need because somehow jake is able to remain a hidden identity from both of them so he can continue to get what he wants while letting them to believe that he's they're free of conchu so i think as far as timeline goes it does make sense that that Jake Lockley may have been responsible. And honestly, at this point, Jake Lockley may be the identity that was popping in and out of episode one and not necessarily Mark. Because a lot of the actions in episode one were really violent. And we were led to believe that was Mark, but we now know that's more Jake's method of operations.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 And you know what I find interesting? You know, not just that, but it's... Conchu clearly knew about Jake. I wonder what kind of control Conchu has. It, it cause I, like, like I'm, I'm wondering, like, what triggers, cause at least at this point, the balance, they're able to seamlessly let each personality take over or identity and switch. Whereas Jake seems like he just pops in on his own. But Conchu had to know that 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 Jake was there. And so, yeah, I'm going to get my guy. So is there, it, it makes me wonder, Does can you know a way to trigger Jake coming out or, you, you know what I mean? Yeah. Or was he just having to be super patient? Like, like, like what is the trigger that gets Jake out? And is Jake able to suppress the other two?
0: I would almost have to say, Yes to that for it to be in line with doing conscious bidding, but based on the way Mark is tripped up on the leg restraint again, there has to be a reason they're still restraining themselves. I think they may know there's still some blackouts, but they haven't attributed an identity to it. And so... I don't know. I can go back and forth. I can, I can say either it's, it's Kanshu being very patient and waiting for Jake to pop up, or there's some suppression technique because he's able to come out without Spark, Spark? <laughs> without Steven or Mark ever questioning what is happening in the yeah. blackouts. Yeah. <laughs> spark.
1: <laughs> hey, you know, it's okay. Combine them. That's what they did. They're balanced. This whole thing should be.
0: <laughs> Meven and Spark.
1: Um so yeah, I just I don't know. I'm I'm this is one let me think. Wandavision, we know we're not getting a season two. Maybe, but like a season two to that concept and story, right?
0: Right. Like it wouldn't be Wandavision two, kind of right. not that seasons are two, t- but it it'll be a different title. Maybe it's the Scarlet Witch, yeah, kind of thing.
1: Um Falcon of the Winter Soldier, even changing the name to Captain America and Winter Soldier. It's clearly a season two off of that. It's not something new. Mm -hmm. Hawkeye? I don't think we know yet.
0: I would have to double check. I feel like I read somewhere, and it may have been from the creators of Moon Knight, so now I don't believe them, but they were saying something to the extent of Hawkeye's not getting a second season, which I'm shocked that we didn't get a season two announcement for both Hawkeye and Moon Knight, which watch, by the time this episode drops, that'll change.
1: Yeah, I just, I don't... Anyways, that's a whole other thing, so I don't want to go down that road of just, like, how do you not have a season two or a way to get Kate Bishop back on the screen?
0: Um, Oh, for Hawkeye? I thought you were going to talk about Moon Knight. Because for Moon Knight, like, obviously we have Jake Lockley. Conshu still manipulating him. But there's more to be discovered because they have that moment. We, We glossed over it. But when Layla's talking to Tawaret, she mentions her dad. Yeah. And so there's still more history to be yeah. discovered. So yeah,
1: so it's and the only thing I'm thinking about it is it's just like my excitement for God, what happens next? I think is is probably the 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 most I've had with this show.
0: Yeah, they did such a great job of leaving you wanting more. Like I said, for all the all the issues I may have. Butting up against the six-hour limit of the Disney Plus shows, I still want more. I still really enjoy these characters mm-hmm. and want to see them continue.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, but but that's the thing, is like I want a, you know, a season two of this, and where does it go? And not that I'm not interested or excited for Loki, but I'm more interested in this. And in terms of if we never get another season for Falcon and the Winter Soldier, but Captain America, Sam Wilson, Captain America shows up again. Bucky shows up again elsewhere. I would be fine with that without them getting another show. Um, As much as I loved Hawkeye, as long as we're getting Kate Bishop again, and ideally Kate Bishop and Yelena together again, it doesn't have to be a Disney plus series. I'll take them on. You know what I mean? On a movie where it's like, I want another season of moon Knight, Not just, not just that he shows up
0: somewhere. We've talked about it so much that this, the the strength of the series is the explorations of the characters that the movies don't get to have, and honestly, this may be worth revisiting at some point. The weaknesses of the show is the grand stakes finales that the the movies are good at doing. I I would like I'd be excited to see Moon Knight show up, but we wouldn't get the exploration in a movie mm-hmm. that we would in a season two. So I 100% understand what you mean, and there's more like. I know for sure in that post-credit scene, like, I want I want more of Khonshu because despite everything we saw this, this season, I feel like I still can't, not his motivations, I just want to know more about him because whenever he's speaking to Amit, there are, not noble and not honorable, but he's trying to do the right thing. Like, he's trying to stop mass killing before any crime has been committed but the way he treats the characters closest to him is so vile and with so much vitriol i want to see more of how conchu mm-hmm. operates and so a season focused on him and jake would be very worth watching for me
1: yeah and that's and that's i think one of the things and and i'm going to tread lightly here because i i know you know we can expand on this next week but that but that's one of the things i loved about this series in this episode is it left me with that I wanting more of or a continuation of this rather than like I was saying earlier just just give me the characters again I was like no I want this mm-hmm.
0: yeah well as we're here in this later's gators section I think one of the other things we can pivot over towards is after Mark and Steven have been released from Conshu, they awake back in dr Harrow's office and i will speak for me because i remember the first time i watched it there was some ambiguity to it of what i was seeing the second time i watched it there was still some ambiguity it wasn't until the rewatch right before we recorded that i got my read i don't know if it's the correct one but i'd be interested in seeing what you think there's a shot in particular that it, that was the pu- the final puzzle piece for me where whenever we're back in the office we've as much as we've been working with the reflections the shot of mark and steven in the chair we are looking through the reflection up to him and i think that might be one of the first times we've seen that in the show and so my read of that scene is that version of dr haro was within steven and mark's own mind and it was that it wasn't necessarily that haro The reality was manipulating them, but it was their own mind that was trying to put them in their own corner. So whenever they finally have done away with them and he's walking away and they see the blood on his shoes, it's the mind finally realizing, oh, you have no power here. And so the fact that they put us through the reflection is what made me finally be like, oh, I get it now. Like that's that's why we believe something different. And then that's how they're able to break free of the limitation of their... I don't want to say fear of of Haro, but for simplicity, I'll say that fear version yeah. of him.
1: I, I'm going to have to go rewatch that because um, I wasn't sure how to take that scene. Um, it felt out of place in terms of not for the show, but like or uh, how do not hold on let me make sure i say this right it felt out of place in terms of like the sequencing within the episode
0: yes it's jarring
1: yeah it was like it so so where it ended up it felt like they were trying to do one more huh maybe let's mess with them one more time what's real and what's not when i was like it, it made me feel like okay you've gone too far you know and that scene would have worked better sooner in the episode um mm-hmm. if, if that makes mm-hmm. sense
0: yeah that that was originally my feeling too Was like okay this this series is really in love with shock and trying to get you to question what's real and what's not real which is fine i think that's inherent to the comic series from the little i know about it but it's the the shot of looking through the reflection up to steven that really solidified me it's like oh no i i like it's it's almost like you have the action and this was the, the mental fight. And the thing that was kind of like, well, Tarerit shows up in it too, but I mean, it, you, it could just be some explanation of like both the mind and the afterlife melding together, so jumping in and out of, of realities, I guess. But I think I just, like, I'm going to settle on this was kind of like a mental fight one between the idea of Haro and the acceptance of themselves.
1: And, and my only issue with that, is in if Haro and Steven slash Mark spark. Yeah. If, if Haro and spark would have fought <laughs> in the hospital. So basically do the same thing you did, right. Or, or you, cause you're the creator. Um, if they do the same thing where it's like, you have the Amit Khonshu fight mirroring each other with the other fight, but the fight between spark and, Haro takes place in the mental institution. So it's very clearly mental and then physically going out with the gods. And as they win, they come out of that. Does that make sense? Um, And maybe that's even what they were trying to do, but it just, I didn't get it that
0: way. I was going to say, I think out of place sequencing is the best way to put what is in conflict with the story. Mm -hmm. Like even if, even if we understand the story meaning now, it's still a bit of a jarring moment kind of thing. So I think think your potential, like, fix, I was trying to avoid it, but we are putting our writer hats on, your potential fix, I think, would really solidify that and make it more uh, congruous with the story they were telling. Yep. Where, because I just mentioned, it feels like this series really loves shock and trying to make you question what's real or what's not real. Even though I finally came to that conclusion with the looking through the reflection being my compass in that, I still don't know where I land on them waking back up in their apartment kind of thing because it's like, what happened to Layla? Or what happened to all those people that were judged? Are they just gone? <laughs> like, what? <laughs> There's no bringing them back kind of thing. Which I mean, that's its own rabbit. If you get down through the the rabbit hole of consequences of a superhero action show, that's its own thing. But it, it just because of that that sequencing, it's like, okay, am I supposed to believe this is real? Am I supposed to believe it's not? Or you know, why are they chained up again? All of these, I guess, are questions for the potential season two. <laughs> oh,
1: yeah. 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 And that's why I'm convinced that that's happening.
0: I am too. You know, and I told it. you, I texted you Wednesday, I think. We've already seen the marketing switch from series finale to season finale. So I think...
1: I think Yeah. And supposedly, that's like hurt their chances.
0: Oh. For Emmys. I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. I saw somebody say like, oh, they're probably trying to, to just say, no, no, it's a limited series for award ceremonies Mm -hmm. and then after it's like jk it's gonna be season two
1: (laughs) yeah in terms of what category they put it on
0: yeah has that ever happened before
1: i don't know i never paid attention i never paid attention to the emmys i paid attention to the oscars until i realized it's like uh,
0: dumb (laughs) you know it's so funny we always talk about how whenever it comes to finales we're like oh man we don't really know what to talk about because it's like the action sequences and they're fine we made a meal out of a three-minute scene. <laughs> I know. I know. That, that's the most fun part, I think, for us, is, is these little sections towards the end of the finale where yeah. it gives us enough to, to, to consider. We
1: almost wonder if we should cut out that part of
0: the most important topics. Like, uh... I know. <laughs> it was cool. Anyway, this is where we thought it would be a good writing Oh, man. Yep. Well, unless there's any more, I think we can go ahead and move into listeners' first takes. Yeah, let's see what they have to say. So, this first one comes in from The Slushy on Twitter, a uh, guest from last week, and she says, well, my take aged like milk, and a bunch of <laughs> laughing emojis. <laughs> I responded to them and I said, listen, I still really like their mother sarcophagus idea. Like, I... Yeah. If we didn't get Jake Lockley, I was gonna go to bat with them right there. It's like, no, I I really like her read.
1: Slushy's playing the long game. This is season two.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so we're gonna have to have Slushy back on for sure in season two, yeah. so she can defend her honor. Yeah,
1: we can double down on the sarcophagus mom because, like, I, I, that's a good idea, and it's still
0: there because we never. It's a very good idea.
1: We never officially saw what was in that sarcophagus.
0: Exactly. And and if I'm right in my read of the mental ward being the quote unquote mental fight, Spark wouldn't know to think about Jake. Nope. Slushly, we're I'm. You know what? I'm with you. Your take did not age like milk. You're fine. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Uh,
1: it was just right. There was just enough spectacle and leftover mystery for a season two. I hope it gets one also with sam as the new captain america i guess someone was applying to be the new falcon (laughs) uh that was ken um wait ken's missing some i thought i texted you some
0: i didn't get any from that Mm. did you text me something from? are you sure if you texted me just now oh dude i didn't text it to you (laughs) <laughs> Ken's mysterious whereabouts remains for the next episode. <laughs> oh.
1: See, I thought I thought you were just trolling me and leaving it off. No. Yeah, because it says the scene where Layla saves the people from the van made me think of the truck from Falcon the Winter Soldier. <laughs> End of Trey. <laughs> and he wasn't the only one. I thought of it too.
0: Oh, that's funny.
1: That's- uh, and of course, the last... The the other thing he said, in the re- he did find it interesting. This is more stray thought, I guess, but I'm gonna just put it here since I brought it up. In the recap portion of Moon Knight, they kind of made Steven look like a klutz because he says something like, "If he can do it, so can I." And then when he lunges at one of them, he falls over the boat. So like, they cut the part where he fought.
0: <laughs> yeah, that was weird. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and if I'm yeah. not mistaken, I think it was a different take too. Probably. Yeah. So. So that that's so funny. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I even went to my photos. I have the screenshot of the text that I was going to text you. Oh, I know what I did. I added it to the ClickUp. Oh, yeah. okay. okay.
0: That's what it is. Yeah. I'll have to go and look at that next time.
1: Yeah, I tried I tried to use our, our nice project management planning tool. And yeah, I should just text you. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, it was your first time, so a heads up of being like, hey, I'm going to start putting these there yeah. would be a good call. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Well, this next one comes in from Ben.Maddy over on Instagram, and it reads, That is how you do a finale. Layla is so cool with her new costume, I'm going to need more of her. Yep. Yeah. I, I think that's – I think Layla is, is the star of this episode. MVP. Uh, in terms of, like, excitement. Yeah. MVP. MVP. It's so funny. We always joke how we want to award MVP per episode, and we always forget until the finale. I know, I know. <laughs> yeah.
1: but, but I mean, uh, not just the show. Layla throughout the series was fantastic, but more, yeah, more Layla. I'm in. It
0: looks like we just got one on Twitter. This one comes in from Fashion Jimmy, and it reads, I needed a little processing time, but I really like the finale. I hope that we get more of the show and cast. Yeah, and that that seems to fit in line with what we've been talking about. Like Liked it overall, some qualms, but wouldn't wouldn't be upset with more from a season two. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that's going to do it for the listeners' first takes. Again, thank you so much, not only in this episode, but the entire season, for reaching out whenever we put the call out on social media. Uh, It's always fun to get to hear what you all thought of the episode. But, of course, that is going to leave us for our final thoughts. So, Jude... Prediction, stray thoughts, or things to consider moving forward?
1: Prediction? We will get a season two at some point. Uh, you know what? I'm really, really excited, uh, to see the, the assembled and something I really want to think about was, and I don't remember if I heard this somewhere or read it or both, not the website. Like I actually read it, um, Anyways, uh not having a larger tie to the MCU, you know, any kind of cameos and things like that outside of the astral plane, okay? But the what we people what we've grown to expect, the character cameos and stuff like that did that make this better with that feeling of its own unique thing. And and I I, I don't remember if I was talking to somebody or read it somewhere, but but that, the, the answer was yes. Um, so that's something I'm going to probably have to, a thought I'll have to spend some time with.
0: I definitely want to think about that. And I think that might be something well worth discussing next week on the mm-hmm. wrap-up episode with JB. That is, I think that's a very good thing to consider going into mm-hmm. to the future of Moon Knight. Uh, my final thought, or I guess my two prediction, I'm with you. I would be shocked if by the end of the month we don't get a season two confirmation. Because I remember Loki's was fairly quickly confirmed, like the, the, the ending in end tag. So, yeah, I feel comfortable putting it within the end of May. We will see that Moon Knight is going to get a sequel. Thing to consider, I, I, I can't wait until we see Layla again. I don't know where that'll be, where she'll pop up, but I'm very excited for that moving forward.
1: I don't, I'm, I'm going to disagree
0: with you. On? On
1: May. Hold on real quick.
0: While you're looking up whatever they're looking up, my reasoning being assembled documentaries usually come a week to three weeks after Mm -hmm. the finale. And I can't imagine the assembled documentary not mentioning something about going into second season.
1: The the only thing that, and what I was looking up is the dates is it feels like this is something that they will either do or announce at like San Diego comic-con in July, especially, if it's going to be in person, you know, cause it feels like, gotcha. you know, I think they did virtual the past two years, definitely the COVID year. And I think last year was virtual as well. So if they get to go back in person, if if I'm correct on that, it feels like a San Diego comic-con thing or in September at the D23 expo, you know? And so that that's the only reason why I wouldn't say may is, is I think that I think they would wait let Have Multiverse of Madness have its run, let Miss Marvel have its run, for Thor, Love and Thunder, and then save it for a big expo con announcement.
0: Okay. Well it looks like we got ourselves a bet here yeah. in this episode. If it happens before May or if they save it for Diego or a convention, yeah. just for simplicity. And you know what?
1: Hit us up on social media. Let us know when you think or we can expect this announcement.
0: Well, speaking of social media, if you want to reach us, you can always reach us at MC Need to Know, both on Twitter and Instagram. It's a great way to keep up with us and the things that we're doing, as well as help shape the show.
1: And between that time, well, if you, well, we won't have listener first takes. We can still get your voice on. Be sure to scroll down to the bottom, check out the phone number, leave a voicemail, um, so we can get your thoughts on the MCU Moon Knight, something uh, which you're excited about coming up on the show, uh, of course. Click on the link, join the Discord. When you're there, make sure you click on the roll assign. Click on the eye emoji so you can have access to the spoiler channels. And then the best thing you can do for us is to continue to expand our universe by sharing with a friend.
0: Yeah. We'd also like to thank Nick Sandy for the use of our theme song, which is his rendition of the Avengers theme. You can find more of his work on his SoundCloud, which is linked in the show notes as well. Well, that's going to do it. Thank you so much for listening. And Jude, thank you so much for doing this. Later, Gators. We'll see you all next week. All right, I am recording. All
1: right, yeah, I'm recording too. <laughs>
0: All right, let's get synced up. One, right. two, three, and he's drinking. Go. <laughs> so, uh, so we were just talking about you know, just some pre recording planning to how we were going to let the episode flow. And I mentioned I was going to do two takes because we have a potential, uh, last minute call. What were you just telling me, Jude? Well, the, the last minute call was,
1: was whether or not on the four topics, right. Or three topics, right. On the three, or three mm-hmm. most important topics or four most important topics. And the other day when you made the switch and you said like, I'm going to take a page out of your book. Cause I liked what you did and you're going to read them out. The only reason why I did that when TJ was on is in the moment I thought that's what you did. So I did it <laughs> out, out, out of kind of like a panic of like, uh, what do I do right here? Okay. I I think I read these like, that's what it was going through my mind.
0: <laughs> that's so funny because I remember when I finally listened to it that Monday, I was like, oh, that's a really good idea. I'm going to, st- I don't know why I never thought to just read out what people can expect in this episode. <laughs> So we somehow came up with a great idea independently of each other, but together. (laughs) That's funny. That's how it works, right? Uh Uh-huh.